Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Welcome to another episode of Photo Taco. Thank you so much for your download. My name is Jeff Harmon. I am the hobbyist editor at improvephotography.com. And in this episode, instead of speaking to you photographers, I actually want to speak to your potential clients. And it, here's, here's what it is. Uh, very recently, the Portrait Session podcast, if you haven't already subscribed photographers to the Portrait Session podcast in the Improved Photography Network, you really, really need to. They do an awesome job of talking about the business aspects of professional photography, as well as the techniques that will help you to get better shots. You need to go and listen to that podcast. All right, now back to the clients. I want to explain to you potential clients of photographers, a phenomenon that seems to be increasing a lot more. Maybe you've had a family member or a friend or a a photographer of some kind tell you or advise you that as you go to hire a photographer to ask for the raw files as part of your negotiation with the photographer for doing your portrait session. And I wanted to kind of explain what that is and why you might or might not want them and and what's going on there. They may have tried to explain this too, but I wanted this to be something that photographers could point to as a third party who has absolutely no interest or cares about what's going on with the negotiation you're having with your photographer on your portrait session, what the cost is and what you're gonna get. Uh, This is a something just to give you kind of the facts and lay it out about what it is. So hopefully if you're listening to this client, this is good information and and what you need to know. So first off, raw files, what they are is the raw data that comes from the sensor inside of a camera. And it's something that's available on the prosumer to professional line of camera equipment. So there's not, it's not much of an option usually on your point and shoot cameras, uh, not really an option really on your phone, your iPhone or your smartphone, although they're kind of approaching that a little bit for those who would actually want it. So it's directly recording the electric signal that comes from your sensor, light hitting your sensor to a file. And quite honestly, it is not very, uh, it's not a very high quality looking photo, just in its natural raw format. So it's it's raw in a couple of ways. It's it's the raw data, but it's also very raw in that it's not edited very much. So every single raw file has to be processed. You need a person who knows how to take that raw file and get the most out of it in order to make it look good. And here's the example or analogy I wanna to use to try to make you understand. Let's imagine that we have a whole bunch of different chefs who need to bake a cake. A raw file would be like putting in front of a chef all of the raw ingredients that they need to bake that cake. They, at that point, have the full capability to really produce anything they want. They can still change the flavor of the cake. They still have the opportunity to control how it's baked, what the the temperature setting is of the oven, all the aspects of it, obviously. They can do whatever they want with that cake, really, versus the JPEG files, the the file format that comes out of your more point-and-shoot cameras or your phone. Those are more like a pre-baked cake where you someone already took the dough put it in the oven and baked it then your options that chef what that chef can do with that cake at that point is much much less much narrower so you know you may think well that sounds like what i want i i want to be able to do more with my photos i'm not sure you really do you need to understand a few things about them so here here's what you need to understand they're huge these files are much, much larger. You're used to one, two, five, I don't know, something like that megabytes of per photo coming from your point-and-shoot camera or your phone. Whereas the raw files, they're gonna be like 
20, 25 megabytes. They are dramatically larger, oh, significantly bigger. And they become kind of hard to manage because they're so big in size over time. The other thing and that's more important to you as a client is you really can't do a whole lot with those raw files yourself unless you have special software on your computer to deal with them. So there's, you know, Lightroom, Photoshop, there's a bunch of tools that photographers invest in. They purchase licenses for, and more than that, they learn how to use that software on their computer so that they can take the raw file that again, remember, is kind of raw in, in format too, meaning there's, they're not edited well. They, they look really different from what you expect and see in a photographer's portfolio. And that's because you have to take it through these raw processors, this special software in the computer, in order to get a better result and make it look like you have seen in these professional portfolios. And that's part of what you're hiring this photographer to do. You're hiring them because you've seen their portfolio, because you've looked at their work, and you like the style that they apply to their photos. You like the images that they produce, and you're paying them to apply that style to those raw photos. So if you ask for and get as part of your package that you purchase from your photographer, you got to understand that that's going to be missing that very, very important step. And it's going to look just like what the, came out of the camera. And it won't matter how good your photographer is. It won't matter if they nail it perfectly in the camera settings to get the perfect exposure, the perfect composition, the perfect format of what you want. It needs to be edited. It needs to have a specific editing style applied to get to the end result that you are accustomed to seeing. All right, so why would, if that's the case, why would some family member or friend or whatever have recommended you get the raw files? And I'm going to talk a little bit more to the photographers again now. Why why might you want to consider allowing that? And here's why. Let's, let's imagine that uh, you have something from the 80s. I'm sure you've all seen photos from the 80s. There was a brief period of time there in the 80s where it wasn't just bad, poofy hairstyles. But even the photo editing styles were really kind of trendy at the time, but look cheesy now. And that's that's that beauty portrait kind of format where there was like this soft focus, almost like the people are, are glowing. They have this, this aura about them in the photos. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And we look at it and we're like, whoa, that's an 80s picture. <laughs> the hairstyle and this beauty shot kind of style. And there were lots of, it wasn't just applied to women in beauty shots. It was also applied to family photos. It was applied to wedding photos. Oh, and you look back now and you think, Oh gosh, I really, you know, you want the, you want the people part that was there, but wouldn't it be kind of cool if you had the ability to apply more contemporary styles to that photo now and be able to bring out like the current uh, styles that are there and see how they look. And maybe you'd be interested even in printing those up and you might want both because it's kind of funny that you have that style from the 80s and, and that's certainly going to be part of your memories of the event. But even to have the option to have the different style applied now is, is really kind of cool. So photographers, you might want to say, okay, I'm willing to do it. You just have to understand what you're getting and clients, you also need to understand what you're getting. You probably won't be able to do a whole lot with them. All right. The one other point I wanted to get to that also applies really is, again, I, I talked about the file size. I talked about how huge and massively large these raw files are. And you've got to remember, client, that your photographer is not, you're not their only client. They have lots of them. They have to. They're running a business and they are going to do everything they can to protect your photos for as long as they can. But it's simply not practical that they're going to keep your photos for the rest of, the, of your life. They're going to, at some point, have to delete 
your files, your photos from your session at, at some point. You're going to need to talk to your photographer about how long they keep them uh, so you understand that. But it might be another reason to ask for the raw files. Then you, as a client, you can do all you can to try to protect those. Try to keep them for as long as you have. It's much more practical that you can keep them longer than your photographer can because they are going to be having lots and lots and lots of these and they just they can't keep them around forever. So there you go. I, I hope it helps. I hope this is something that uh, that people can point to as a way to to have a good conversation and talk about whether or not you want to give raw files. I guess one other point that I do want to make is the reason photographers may be hesitant to give this is people don't understand what I just talked through. They don't understand uh, what that means exactly. And they don't, the, the photographer is petrified, really seriously petrified that if you get the raw files, you're going to apply some edit that's not theirs, some style that's not theirs and mention them as the photographer. So photographer, you may want to make sure the client understands and client, if the photographer tells you this, it's, it's just valid. If they ask you when you use those raw files to just not include them as the photographer. Don't say that it is their photos when they weren't the ones who processed them. They weren't the ones who edited them on the computer. If you're going to take those raw photos and either have someone else edit them or you're going to try to edit them yourself, just don't include their name. It's their brand. It's their livelihood. They want to protect what they have going. And that's a very reasonable kind of situation, I think. If they're going to share the raws, if you use them and not the edited version that your photographer gave you, then don't, don't associate it with them. So there you go. I hope that helps. Hey, photographers, talking back to you for just a second. Uh, make sure you go and check out our new Facebook page. We have a Photo Taco Podcast Listener Group. I know that's a lot of words on Facebook. Go ask to join that. It's a closed group. We'll uh, add you as soon as we can validate you're a human and not a robot. And and then uh, check out the improvephotography.com website. It has great news, gear, other photo tips. It is the best way to improve your photography. Photo Taco. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!